Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 162nd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to jump into the Innovation Center and hear from Tom Fishenden and his recent journey to meet Sam Neill, Dr. Alan Grant himself. I am super jealous that Tom got to meet Sam, so we're going to hear that audio. I can't wait for you to check it out. After that, we're going to present our monthly Jurassic Mailbag with none other than Jennifer Tarek for the month of August. As usual, we have so much to cover. It was an absolutely incredible recording. You guys sent in so much audio this week, MP3s, voicemails, emails, all kinds of stuff. I actually couldn't cover it all. It was actually a little bit too much. Um, So just a warning, if I didn't get to yours, we will get to it. We will eventually cover your stuff. Maybe not this month, but we will get to it. And also a note, if you guys are sending in your voicemails by calling our voicemail line, try to keep them to uh, one, uh, one recording, which actually equates to three minutes of audio time. So I know a lot of people try to call in many times, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind. But uh, it does uh, not allow for everybody to get on the episode. So if you guys do want to call in, try to leave it to one voicemail, three minutes of airtime. So just keep that in mind when you guys are calling in. That's three minutes of airtime. So, just in case you want to be part of the next mailbag, you can call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763. You can email us audio files or questions at JurassicParkPod at gmail.com or head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. Even though you're just about to listen to this month's episode, we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag. All right, so before we get this episode started, I do have a few plugs to get underway over on our YouTube channel. So make sure to head to YouTube, find the Jurassic Park podcast. We're doing a ton of stuff over there. Actually, we have a bunch of reviews and different things. So uh, last week we actually did, or Tom Fishenden did a review of the Spinosaurus from Mattel, also the Herrerasaurus, which was really cool. I took a look at the uh, Rad's toy uh, candy dispensers, which were pretty funny, and then... Um, I also did a video, like a store hunt, finding the Proceratosaurus, the Minmi, and the Stiggy Story Pack. So make sure to check that out over on our YouTube channel. Next week, we actually have a ton of stuff coming your way. We have a look at the submarine uh, from Matchbox, a haul video from the last month where I take a look at all the different items that I collected over the last month. And we're also going to take a look at the Proceratosaurus, the Minmi, and uh, I was going to include this story pack. Maybe we'll look at that. Maybe we won't. I know Aaron Beyer already looked at that uh, maybe last week or so. So make sure to check that one out. So that's what we got going on over on YouTube next week or this week, I guess, as you're listening to this. All right. So enough about all that. We're going to jump into the Innovation Center with Tom Fishenden and hear about his thoughts on meeting Sam Neill. 
as well. Due to technical difficulties, all our exhibits are now closed. You are acting like we are engaged in some kind of mad science. And Zara here is going to take great care of you until I'm done working tonight, okay? Bigger, scarier, um, cooler, I believe is the word that you use in your memo. Any incidents? Yeah, six kids in the lost and found, uh, 28 down with heat stroke. All of this exists because of me. Just like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago. Hey everybody, I hope you are doing absolutely fantastic today. It is Tom checking back in very, very quickly with you guys. Uh, I just wanted to very briefly touch on the absolutely fantastic Jurassic experience that I had at London Film and Comic Con this past weekend. So the date today is the 29th of July. Um, and I went to London Film and Comic Con at Olympia in Kensington in London today, and it was absolutely fantastic. So I'm not a big fan of London Film and Comic Con. I feel like it's a lot more commercialised than MCM, which we've covered previously here on the podcast. Um, and generally it's a lot more about merchandise and paid photo ops, paid opportunities, really everything to do with kind of making money as opposed to, I don't know, just more experiences and stuff like that that you have at MCM. But that all said and done, I had an absolutely fab time because I got to hang out with some really, really cool people. I got to meet Sam again. Um, don't really know why I struggled with your name, Sam, if you are listening to this then. That was just really weird, but there you go. Uh, that is how we roll here on the Jurassic Park podcast, of course. But yeah, um, some of you guys may know Sam as Sam H Model over on Twitter. And Sam is actually a really big Jurassic Park fan and just a really nice person in general. So it was really nice getting to catch up with her. Uh, seeing her again was fab. I got to see Paul Elder and Jenny Wood two very big people here in the UK Jurassic community. Uh, Paul and Jenny actually were some of the winners in the Jurassic Park Recreate uh, competition, which Universal ran for the 25th anniversary. So it was really cool getting to hang out with them. Um, They always have a super level of attention to detail with their costumes. They came as Alan and Ellie, and it was absolutely just, you know, really nice getting to see them again, getting to say hi, getting to chat to them. There was a guy called Jason who cosplays Dodgson. It was really cool seeing him again as well. And also another person whose name I didn't get to catch who was hanging out with us who was cosplaying as Nedry as well. So it was really, really cool seeing all these different people um, coming along and, you know, embracing Jurassic, getting Jurassic on show for the London Film and Comic Con crowds. Um... There was lot, like a fair few things to do there. Like I said, obviously most of it was merchandise and making money. But one of the things that stood out to me was Amazon Prime's stool for Jack Ryan. They had like a virtual shooting range and a bunch of other things that you got to do, which was really, really cool. Um, and it was definitely just a great addition in... Uh, trying to think how to phrase things. My brain is really not working and you understand in a minute why I'm in such a state right now. Um, because basically... The highlight, uh, the big Jurassic event, if you like, London Film and Comic Con, and the entire reason that I went was the fact that I got to meet none other than Dr. Alan Grant, uh, also known as the absolutely amazing Mr. Sam Neill. Now, this was a really, really special experience for me. 
Um, I'm not sure whether Sam will come back to the UK for another convention or not. And I was really umming and ahhing. Any of you guys who follow me on Twitter or are friends with me on Facebook will know I actually was asking people for help and advice. I really couldn't decide to go because it was £65, which is a lot of money for a photograph with someone. So I really could not, you know, for the life of me, come to that decision. I had loads of wonderful people like Stephen Ray Morris, Clayton Fioriti, so many others really telling me I should go for it and I should just do it. Um... And I did. I spent a lot of money. I basically spent £65 on the photo, £20 on entry to the event, and £14 on travel just to meet Sam Neill. That was my main focus of the day. And honestly, it was worth it. It's an incredibly special experience when you see somebody you look up to uh, in person and you actually get to meet them, say hello, let them know you really like their work. And it was just very, very surreal and very special getting to meet Alan Grant. Now, I know for a lot of you American listeners, you guys have had Jeff Goldblum at a couple of conventions recently. So, you know, really cool getting to meet Ian Malcolm. But um, Sam doesn't really seem to do as many conventions, or at least I don't see him as at as many. So it was really, really... Um, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I suppose, to get to meet Sam, and it was really rather special, and I'm really glad that I actually made the effort to go. So that was a lot of fun. It has made my 2018, you know. I can now say I've met Sam Neil. how many people can say that? Um, and yeah, it was just a really good day. So guys, um... That's really it for this quick little piece of the Innovation Centre. Not an in-depth episode, I just wanted to share kind of an explosion of excitement with you guys, because you know why not. Um, but if you're on the edge about doing anything Jurassic-related, I recommend you do it. Because I know if I had not done today, I would be sitting here really upset, filled with regret right now. Um, I was really sad, actually, when I didn't do the Midnight Show in a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom like I planned. But going ahead and actually doing it it's been a fantastic day a once in a lifetime opportunity and something that will definitely stick with me for years to come so if you can guys if you are planning any conventions this summer if you're going to any jurassic events like we've got dinosaurs in um not in the world i've done that that is still going on um but we have got walking with dinosaurs coming up in the uk so if you are considering maybe going to see that for example just book it, just go for it, why not, you know, you live life once and you might as well live life loving dinosaurs. So guys, this has been an incredibly disjointed, an incredibly manic and an incredibly, I suppose, excitement filled segment of the Innovation Centre. I hope you're all doing well and you have enjoyed listening to today's episode and hopefully I'll be back with more Innovation se uh, sections there. Blah, there we go, it is still not going well, but I'm still doing it, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling with it guys, we're going with it. Hopefully I'll be back for more Innovation Centre segments soon. There we go, take care guys, catch you in the next one. Jurassic Mailbag. Mailbag. Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek.
We're back for the August Jurassic Mailbag. I'm Brad Jost, here with my co-host for this segment, Jennifer Tarek. How you doing? Hi. It's a... Uh, you know what? It's... Yeah, I feel what, what? Like, I feel like we should play this game, because I'm always eating something every time we do this. <laughs> I feel like we should play a game of what am I eating Oh, God. One. Podcasting 101. Don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> I think somebody wondered that one uh, last, uh, maybe it was last month or the month before, they're like, was somebody eating? And I was like, I don't think so. Not that I know of, but now we know who it was. I am eating on every single podcast, <laughs> just so Great. people know that. So professional over here. You know how it is. This is the mailbag. It's ridiculous. It took us 45 <laughs> minutes. For, yeah, it took us like way like, too long to get us started. And then it goes, yeah, like you're saying, way too long. So I need a snack. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness! Wait, it's what's my snack? What's my snack? That's I feel like there was like some little doing. song with it too. Uh huh. <laughs> that's what I'm doing every single month. I'm I'm doing it the really, what's my snack. It really is. It does sound just like that. I I feel like we haven't heard one of those in a long time. It's been a while. I know. I miss them. I want a shirt that says that. There's got to be a shirt. Somebody probably makes it, right? I would assume. Uh, I- I, I would assume, I mean, if someone wants to send me a shirt, I'll send you my address. <laughs> so, guys, this is the call out. Send Jen a What's My Snack shirt. Get it made. Spend like, what, 15 bucks? Just send it her mm-hmm. way. And See, hopefully you'll get like 10 shirts. This is what I do on the podcast. I, I use it to eat and get stuff from yeah, people. Of course. <laughs> what are podcasts for other than that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not about talking about voicemails and emails. No, those are for weird podcasts. Who does that? No, I'm professional and I ask for stuff while I eat snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last month was a pretty crazy mailbag. We we talked for nearly three hours, I believe, and people apparently listened somehow. Wow. And we're off to a great start for August. (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, we said August. August. We know how to say August, so we're already. August, yeah. It's pretty yeah. straightforward, I think. Yeah. So we did get a ton of stuff, again, because you guys are crazy. You send in so much stuff each and every month. And a lot of stuff actually was carryover from, like, it was just, like, too late for us to add it to the episode last time. Or uh, uh, so one of them was actually supposed to be for a different episode. So it's all over the place this week and or month, I guess. And you guys, here, here's, here's I don't know. We might have to, like, narrow it down. We were talking about this before we started. We love hearing from you guys. But keep it to, like, maybe the one voicemail if you could. Because so many people are calling it. I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to talk um, because so many of you did. And at this this episode, I'm like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to everybody. Some people have been waiting for months to get on here. And I feel bad. I feel bad. So just try to keep it light. Keep it easy. I know some of you uh, have a lot of thoughts. And maybe we got to come up with something else. I don't know. Do you think we should like do some like spinoff segment of the mailbag? I have no idea. Like would people be open to just hearing – like a string of voicemails at the end of an episode, like after the credits or – because I've heard podcasts that do that before where the the episode's basically done. But then there's like like two or three voicemails at the very end to kind of lead you out of the episode or you know, just have a segment in the podcast that's just voicemails. I don't even – me or you don't even comment on it. Well, there's that option or – 
I guess the PSA would be keep it at three minutes or we'll yeah. have to do something like that. It, it, here's the, yeah, that's the PSA. PSA, if you don't want an episode that's three hours long, keep it to three minutes. I mean, did that, did that was that right? I don't know. Who knows? You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean, you can really get your question and comment in three minutes, I would think. I would think, but but then again, we did respond to Amy's voicemail last month. It was one question for 45 minutes. <laughs> we are professional podcasters. <laughs> I, it's fine. My mind was blown when I was like, wait a minute. We've been recording for 45 minutes off of the final question of the day. What happened? We, I that, not, that doesn't happen on other podcasts. That was a big question, though. It was. I don't even remember what it was at this point, but it was I'm about sure it was like epic. character development. Oh, when you bring up a character okay. development question, <laughs> Jeez. that's what happens. Yeah, I, I wonder if anybody's going to bring that up today. Oh, Griffin, geez, man, it's coughing underneath me. Okay, we're off to a great start. So <laughs> this is the mailbag. Let's get it started with a voicemail <laughs> that was supposed to be included in the uh, Evolution of Claire discussion. We had reached out to everybody to send in some stuff, and only Stephen Ray Morris responded. So a few of you reached out like on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and all that, but nobody called except for Stephen. So <laughs> let's take a listen <laughs> to Stephen's voicemail here. Oh, oh, cool. I'm I'm so great at starting voicemails from the beginning. So (laughs) Stephen runs a very professional podcast. This, on the other hand, is not. So, Stephen, let's take it away. (laughs) Hey, JPP. It's Stephen Ray Morris from Sea Jurassic Right, and I wanted to call and say my opinion of the evolution of Claire. I think it was such a wonderful, fun look into the um, mind of Claire Deering, you know, learning the history of this character and really feeling like, you know, it feels almost essential after seeing Fallen Kingdom to you feel like you're getting the first piece of this arc that's happening in the films. And I think for, you know, people who want to see really positive images of, you know, kids doing science and, um, you know, going on an adventure, it feels very Scooby-Doo to me for some reason in a good way. And um, also, I think if you, you know, want to learn that lore that we so desperately want to know between the films, you know, Evil Sword and stuff like that, I think it, it's such a great little, it's all wrapped up in this nice little package of this little kind of mystery. And so I think Tess Sharp did an amazing job. And I hope, um, I would love to get more from her and also just more books like that. I think we're so, you know, we're so hungry to, to learn about the lore. And I think getting it in these, kind of bite-sized fun novel forms I think is a really cool kind of inspired way uh, to do it and so um, I hope we get some more of them so I really loved Evolution of Claire and um, yeah I think it was great and I hope yeah I hope we get more so thanks guys bye Steven it, it sounds like it sounds like you've been doing way too much podcasting recently you okay you all right you need some tea I think you need some tea right I have some tea right here I want some tea. If they don't have to send me tea, send me a DM. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, thank you, Stephen. That that was great. Um, I totally get the uh, Scooby Doo kind of reference there in the best way possible. Like, not to be demeaning or anything, but like Scooby Doo, it, it has that like you know the mystery that you were talking about and the fact that like you don't know who it is. Like, you kind of expect. 
Um, I think it was like Beverly and some other characters. Like you just want the like the mask mask to be pulled off of their head to be like I'm the bad guy, but but it's not. You know, it's not really them. Um, it's those other two, uh, which I don't know. We will not dive into that spoiler uh, aspect in this moment here. But um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, you think it's these people or those people, and it turns out to be somebody or you know other people completely different than that. You know what, though? I, I haven't seen a lot of Scooby-Doo references, and I never got Scooby-Doo, not once. And even in with Fallen Kingdom, people have been saying Scooby-Doo. And you know huh. what I'm getting? I, I'm going to, like, date my 90-year-old self here, but Nancy Drew is what I'm getting more than Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, like, sort of, what what was it? Uh, the the boy version was, like, the Hardy Boys or something like that, I think. Yeah, because um, I'm 95 my, in heart. So <laughs> Nancy Drew was my was a thing. I love Scooby-Doo, obviously. I, my whole room used to be Scooby-Doo as a kid, so I yeah. love it. But it, it doesn't feel like Scooby-Doo to huh. me. It doesn't – it's not scary, I guess. Well, it's not no, people yeah. in – it's, yeah, it's, it's not Nancy like Drew. horror. It's not horror in that sense. It's just like, what? Like, what's the mystery? Got to find out who is the villain of this entire thing. Unmask the person. See who it is. And I, I kind of understand that aspect. Nancy Drew as well. Um, mm-hmm. Any of those things. It, it definitely reminds me of that because the mystery for me was like the best part. Like, well, aside from like all the lore and all that stuff surrounding Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. But like that mystery just kept me reading, kept me turning the page the whole time. Wondering, you know, where the sabotage was coming from and all that stuff. That was definitely, I think, like super intriguing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else. We talked so much about this book last week. It was like two hours. (laughs) I I don't know when we even spoke but we we discussed this so heavily i don't want it to last another 40 minutes yeah so just go you, you listen to that last one yeah you know what's funny is uh I, I i was coming down to podcast the other day um and i said to my wife i was like all right i'm gonna go downstairs she's like all right see you at 2 a.m i'm like i'm not no i'm not i'm not recording with jen like those are the only ones that go that long like no other ones go that long she's like yeah sure okay and then i recorded with aaron and now Aaron is like that as well. So oh, <laughs> we no. ended up talking way too long and that episode aired last week. But we get a new monthly second segment, the Jurassic Wire. So that's besides the point. But yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. But Shameless plug. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thank you, Stephen. Let's move on to the next email. We'll try to we'll try to like breeze through these. Let's try to like get through them and stop rambling. Um, the next email. I, I think people like our rambles. Do so they like the, they Do they in. like the rambles? They like you know just you know chewing and just you know, rambling and talking about plugs and stuff like that. I don't know what we're talking about. Your your uh, April, you know, you know <laughs> my hairdresser. Your hair done. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so this next email is from Ray. This one says, Hey, Brad and Jen, it's Ray, the one from Australia. I really enjoyed listening to your review of the evolution of Claire. It was very insightful to hear your thoughts and it made me feel more valid in my own. I've got to be honest. I really struggled with the novel. Claire is my favorite character. I love her. She is blank, I'm not going to say that, and has red hair like me, so she gets extra points in my book. I found it hard to connect uh, oh my god, I'm breaking my desk. That is not part of the email, that is literally just me breaking my desk. Okay, cool. So, moving on. (laughs) 
goodness. Uh, Ray from Australia is waiting for you to finish her email. Yeah, now my desk is falling apart. Very Bucky. cool. With it's a computer a on it, yeah. let's try not to fall. All right, so where was I? She got red hair, and I found it hard to connect with her throughout the story because the balance of her personality was so contradictory. I feel conflicted about sharing my negativity, but I couldn't help but feel extremely disappointed. I'm glad that's off my chest. Phew, I do have a question. If there was ever to be a TV show set in the Jurassic Park universe, what would you want it to be? Personally, I would love something in the style of Parks and Rec slash The Office, the British one. Probably not an outright comedy, but a sort of mockumentary throughout the uh, first few years of Jurassic World as it was fully operational. Have a lovely day, your friend, Ray. So. um, Ray from Australia. Yeah, what's up, Ray? Um, I I got you on that. I I agree. I agree with everything they said because I love Claire as well. And I had a hard time loving the Claire in this book as well. And I think we discussed this some last time too, how – she is so vastly different than what we're used to and we kind of have to flip our perception and flip our base of what we think she is and Jurassic World was kind of a fluke moment and not the base that we expected. So I think that's throwing people um, and that's a that's a valid criticism. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm on board with that. It mm-hmm. is hard to love her in the book if you love her in the movie because it's so different. Yeah, I know. We, we have like three uh, different kind of interpretations in a way. And yeah. two two are more similar than the other, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting, but definitely, yeah. She already uh, listened to the entire thing there, so um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting though that I guess I can tangent on since that's what we do here. Um, I hear a lot about how Claire is like the most interesting. A lot of people say this, which I really enjoy, but they say she's like the most interest, one of the most interesting characters in a long time not just in Jurassic but in any kind of action-y film and um they really like that about her and and she has like this huge growth and you know arc and all of that and I I agree but that could just be because it is so drastic and it, it that could just be like a happy mistake I don't think it's a mistake but um I don't know if you know what I mean but it's it's like they made her so different that it's making her arc look so big. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was really intended as it happened. It just kind of happened that way. And people are like, oh, that's so impressive. And yeah. I'm like, well, she is so night and day. I don't know if it, I think it's just like a happy mistake that worked accidentally. Yeah, if that makes sense. Oh, no, I totally get that. Um, I, I, I'm going to put that point on hold for just a minute um, because we're going to touch on that very soon. Um, oh, but okay. um, I like the shout out here to Parks and Rec slash The Office um, as far as like another TV show set in the world. Um, the Office, though, the British one, hey, no. Like I, I'm I'm like one of the biggest fans of The Office, the, the American version. It's way funnier, guys. It's way funnier. The British one is okay, but it's so dry. And I guess maybe – Maybe you have to be from the UK or somewhere else around the world, but this is not the Office podcast. So um, I would and love that. And I don't that, watch though. TV ever. You don't watch TV <laughs> ever, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I would love that. And um, that actually sort of happened recently for the DC universe. They had a show. Um, I don't remember the the name of it. You guys are probably you, maybe you know out there, but um, I don't remember. It was on TV and it it got canceled really quick, and it was like. Oh, it was supposed to be a show about like I think an insurance agency 
um, in the world of DC Comics with like Batman and Superman and stuff like that, but you never actually saw them. You just saw like the destruction from all their fights and stuff and battles. Um, so it was like an insurance agency that kind of helped clean up the mess. And then I think the show morphed into something else and it turned into like how to like combat that or something like with like weird technology and it wasn't as good. Um, but something like that, I kind of like that style, like set in that world, but really having nothing to do with it. Like in that sense, they didn't show any of the superheroes. So it's, that would be like not showing the dinosaurs in this movie or in this Mm -hmm. TV show. Um, which I think you can do it. I know people are like, well, you got to have dinosaurs, which sure. I mean, it, it would make sense, but the way we're going now, um, you know, with different things aside from dinosaur cloning, you can make a whole show about something else completely. Um, and I think it would be perfectly great. And we talk about TV shows quite often here in the mailbag. Um, and I'll just say my real quick one is I, I just want the origin of like John Hammond. I know everybody's like talking about origin shows and origin stuff. And it just like seems so like just like duh, like just make that. Like right now they're talking about making the origin of Jack Bauer from 24. It's like, oh, who cares? You know, like he's just a guy who, who's really good with like handling himself and fighting. He was just a normal guy. Like, I don't know. I would like to see that, though, for, like, John Hammond and Benjamin Lockwood. Like, what was their early life? What was the story with Maisie? Um, Anything like that in that realm. And I think if you said it early enough, maybe you wouldn't include the Maisie stuff. But if you said it early enough, you could cast, like, younger guys. Um, And maybe not even have anything to do with cloning. But that's my pitch. Well, here's the thing. Um, since since we've been so lucky with Jurassic to have it move with time, there are so many gaps and there are so many sweet spots for different people that they would choose to put that series in. And I'm with Ray from Australia here with the early Claire stuff, because as we talked about before, this book was supposed to cover that and it stopped like right at the part I wanted most. And I got maybe a couple chapters of it. And I, I want the early years of Jurassic World, like the the, fir- the first five-ish, I don't know. That would be my sweet spot. Um, but then people would love to see between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and like the science stuff, I guess, in between there. And even pre-Jurassic Park with that science stuff. And, and as you said, the Hammond origin story. So there are sweet spots for different people. So... There are so many options they could go with if they wanted to do an in-between story. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, I like your idea. I would, I love to see early Jurassic World definitely. And now, I mean, with this new movie coming out and with the one that just came out, there's time in between there as well for more options to happen because we don't know how it's probably going to move with time on this next one. Yeah, and I feel like a lot could happen in between if it skips all that time. There's a lot that's going to happen that we're going to miss. Yeah, and that's the double-edged sword, I think. Yeah, um, I forget were we talking about it or was I talking about it with someone else? I don't remember, but. Um, I was thinking about like a spin-off movie and I wanted it to be centered around the Mosasaurus. Oh, uh, no, you, you know? didn't tell me that, but okay. that's I don't cool. remember where I was talking about this. Like, you know, like that movie The Meg right now that's going to yeah. come out. Like I don't oh my gosh, I haven't Josh watched any trailers. I yeah, I know. I know he's like super into it, right? Um yeah. I haven't watched any trailers or anything, so I don't really know much about it, but I feel like I th- I think I've heard it's about like just going to capture that giant shark, right? So I feel like you can make a spin-off movie or even a TV show. I didn't think about the TV show aspect until right now. 
when this question was brought up. So that could work as well. Like, you know, if you don't want to cover the Mosasaurus in a movie, uh, just do it here in a TV show about like a rogue group of people that goes out on a boat and tries to hunt down the Mosasaur comes across all kinds of crazy stuff some side stories in there as well and it really has to have nothing to do with jurassic at all aside from that one creature in the water i think that could be cool as well um uh, there was another thing i was going to say oh um yeah the the problem is like sort of budgetary i think depending on what the story is um as far as like set in between jurassic park and jurassic world might be tough because people would want to see like certain things from jurassic park like recreations of the visitor center or, or certain things around there or the rebuilding of that area or the rebuilding of Jurassic World. I feel like a lot of this stuff might take a lot, a lot like a big budget. Um, so I don't know like how well it could sell for people. And in, in the case of like um, early days of Claire, I was going to ask you, how would you feel about like just some other younger redheaded girl like playing uh, Claire? That's okay. That yeah, I love okay. Claire. I, Claire and Rose are different entities. Definitely, okay. I definitely see it that way, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, you have ten, I, I ten years know. or so to to change, right? What was it? Yeah, two thousand four uh, to two thousand fifteen. Yeah, so. And I don't even him. know when I was reading the Claire book. Um, I didn't even really see Bryce in my head. I saw a different person. I don't know whoever young Claire was to me. So, um, yeah. they're totally different. So that's that's fine. That's fine if they they cast somebody else and. For the, I'm party of one as usual, and so my ultimate choice would be um, right after when the book ends and Claire gets hired. Like, what does she do? Where does she start? What is what input does she have? What final say was her choice? Whenever we see the actual park, and then you could throw in the the Owen stuff and the Raptor project and explain how that even came to fruition and if she had any impact on that and mm-hmm. whose idea that was and what control she had over that and if she's associated with that at all or if she was totally focused on something else or I mean there's so many things that go on to make that park and yeah. they left us off on such a point where I'm like okay this is just the start now what? <laughs> yeah, like that exactly. didn't fulfill anything I want I mean it did it fulfilled a lot but it <laughs> It didn't fulfill that little that part, you know, and that would be my party of one sweet spot that I want more than anything. And that's fine. I don't care who they cast. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. But um, nice. I, I just want my Claire full story party of one here wanting a full Claire story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that. So um, remember I said uh, let's put that one topic on pause about the character development. I if I remember correctly, I just glance at this, you know, the discussion here on my um, what do you call this uh, google voice where you can see what people are saying um and i see that veronica might be talking about something similar so uh let's take a listen i could predict the future hey guys it's <laughs> veronica um i had to pause the drastic mailbag that was released today because like you guys just kept making so many points and I know that this is, like, really early, but I just couldn't help myself because, like, I could probably type this, but I would probably make so many errors that you guys wouldn't understand. So, anyways, um, I'm in the part where you and Jen, uh, Brad, are talking about, like, the criticism of, like, the Jurassic fandom or, like, um, how uh, there's not one-dimensional characters. And I have to disagree with all of that. Like, I mean, like, you know, I'm with you guys is what I mean. Like, 
I actually think that there was more character development in this last movie, actually. And um, even if you read the books as well, like going back and forth through all of it, there has always actually been some type of character development within each, like, movie. Like, there, there, there's always has been. Like, for example, I feel like Claire has come a long way from Jurassic World to Fallen Kingdom. Like, you know, she's more emotional. Like, I think she finally realizes, like, hey, these are breathing animals, you know, like, um, I had made the point to Amy a while ago, was that, like, in Jurassic World, I felt like Claire was uh, just trying to pretend that these uh, dinosaurs didn't exist. So she just wanted to be like, you know what, they're, you know, they're controlled, but not really, you know. But I think she was just kind of fearful of them because they were so magnificent that she didn't know how to do it, you know, how to react with them. And then we come to this point in time where she's trying to save them because she's finally like, you know what, just like Ellie Sattler said, that power is out now, that control was just an illusion. You know, these dinosaurs are living, breathing creatures, and they're magnificent, and we've got to protect them, you know. And I really liked how they did her story. And I also think, I'm going to quickly, you know, hurry this up, uh, that Chris <laughs> Pratt also had some development in the sense that, you know, he wasn't like just that uh, kind of Alan Grant-like type of... Uh... Well, actually, I think he was kind of like Alan Grant, you know, not, you know kind of macho, but in the end, like, the kids kind of loved him type of thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but at the same time, I feel like there was a lot of emotional, like, depth within his eyes, or maybe that was just me, because, you know, I pay attention to that stuff. But anyways, um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to call again, because I just have a lot to say. So, yeah, um, I got, I know I got a month to wait for this, but I couldn't wait for this moment in time. I literally had to pause the Jurassic Mailbag of this month and do this. And people are looking at me really crazy, so I'm gonna just stop waving my hands frantically and like talking about <laughs> But I love talking about dinosaurs with you guys because you guys are the best. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> What's up, Aww. Veronica? You didn't call back, huh? You just called the one time a month ago and didn't call back. And I see that you just liked the tweet about this month's mailbag. So maybe you're gonna call in and we're gonna answer it live. I don't know if that's possible. But maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Is this crunching really loud? Oh, that's so just a mouthful of food, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I moved on to a new snack. Oh, new um, snack. New snack. That was my new what's snack. What's my song. new snack? <laughs> um, so I took notes during her oh, wow. um, call. Yeah, you needed it. Was, there was a lot there. I think there was a lot. It was about like character development, being one dimensional, and uh, all the characters, like. Uh, Owen and Claire. So, what what are your thoughts there? Um, I guess harking back to what I just what I was talking about, as you said, this is a connecting point. But I disagree with Veronica, and this is why. Because in my opinion, Claire has not come a long way. She just is a long way. Like we mm -hmm. did not see the journey of her coming a long way. She just was there, and then she was here, and then we were told that she was there. So that's not development. That's just skipping and so I that's what my back to my happy accident point um because it was too drastic of a change but they kind of got lucky and it worked for a lot of people and they kind of bought that um but for me I don't see that as development I see that as a as a skip and a change and then people were reading that as oh that's development I missed the middle where's my middle yeah. where's my journey I don't see the journey so that's my problem with that exactly I think you, you nailed it there because 
you know, on the surface, yeah, that's development. Like she went from here to there, and and like um, you know, Veronica said in Jurassic World and like individual movies, there's definitely development, but like that in between is is kind of bothersome, and it's like it's not fully fixed by the evolution of Claire, even though that's what the attempt was. Um, it still kind of creates that tension where it's like, it doesn't exactly work for me, but, um, I accept it. I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it anymore, but, um, yeah, there is definitely that, um, assumption. I think that there's development, um, because Mm -hmm. she now loves dinosaurs and stuff. And it's not even that it's not even because she now loves them. It's because she always loved them and maybe she forgot or, or maybe she didn't even forget because like we talked about, it's, it was just one day Jurassic world. So we didn't get to see all the, uh, you know, well-rounded edges of, of Claire and who she really was. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I agree with you that it was just kind of like just skipped and we didn't get to see what we wanted to see. Um, yeah. And you know, the sad thing for me is that, I love Jurassic World Claire. Like, that's my favorite Claire, as terrible as that may be. Jurassic World Claire is my favorite one out of all these versions that we're getting. And to learn that that's not the original Claire and that's not who she always was. And it's it's back, it's going backwards to me. And it's changing our base, as, as I keep saying, because our, our base is now the book and loving dinosaurs and Fallen Kingdom, Dinosaur Protection Group. That's our Claire base and yeah. I don't know I don't, I'm not, I don't like that Claire I mean she's okay, okay. but she, she's fine <laughs> but I wouldn't love her as much as if that was the first Claire I was seeing I wouldn't love her as much as I love Jurassic World Claire so to find out that Jurassic World Claire is not the, the OG Claire it's hurting me a little bit and I, I'm adjusting to this slowly yeah. but I can't, I can't accept that it was um, development it was just a change it wasn't development it was a change and people yeah. are kind of falling for it and accepting it, and that's good, good for good for the sh- good for the movies because then they're not getting hate on that. But I'm not falling for it, and I I love my Jurassic World Claire, and I miss her because now apparently she's gone forever. I you know I I don't fully agree that um, you know Claire is not who she was in Jurassic World. Um, the way that the the novel tells us is that she was certainly focused, a very focused individual. Um, and she wanted to excel at absolutely everything she could, which is who who Claire is. The only difference is, is that she liked animals. <laughs> That's really the yeah. only difference, and that didn't come across at all in Jurassic World. Um, no sense whatsoever. And it seemed like they were telling us that there was a transition from somebody who doesn't care about animals to somebody who all of a sudden gets it. And I, I still, I still don't get it myself you know how Mm -hmm. how how does your how do your eyes reopen and and just go back to i don't know especially because where that book ends no spoilers but where that book ends and where uh, i don't know like what the point of the book was and also where it ends didn't really fulfill that journey for me no and i mean she's not like stupid she should be aware of her own thoughts and even just today, I, I put up an interview on the, on YouTube, on the YouTube, and yeah, the Bryce was yeah. just saying, she was just, she says this all the time, and she was just saying in that interview how um, Claire is, has the same exact personality as in Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, it's just that her motives and her motivation and focus changes, and I don't 
fully agree. I mean, I don't know if it's the same personality. I don't really see it. Like, if you look, even at the end of Jurassic World, where she's supposed to be completely out of that office stuff, her personality in the end of Jurassic World is not really the same as Fallen Kingdom. It is the same as the book. I would say Fallen Kingdom and the book are the same-ish. But, yeah, um, yeah, oh, for sure. Jurassic World is not. And even even Bryce is insisting that the same personality is just focus has changed. And I just don't agree with my babe. I don't agree with Veronica. I am party of one on this, too. But you're on. You're with me. We're party of two. Yeah, I'm with so. you. Um, I, I think, like, I was trying to think as you were talking about what aspects of Jurassic World, Claire, show up in Fallen Kingdom. And, you know, the only real instance would be the um, the beginning where, you know, she's at the DPG headquarters. Um, but even then, she has a different demeanor. You know, she's a very nice, um, relaxed individual. You know, she's very caring. Um, and and I didn't I didn't get that at all from, you know, uh, first three quarters Jurassic World Claire. Um, so it's very hard to to compare any aspect of that movie well, with her. Um, here's the thing, in Jurassic World, I always say she's confident but vulnerable. In the DPG, she didn't seem very confident. She was just regular, and <laughs> and kind of like vulnerable a little bit like worrisome about things but not there's no confidence there's like no confidence throughout this entire thing no no sure of herself no i don't know there was missing drive and I, the only thing that i would say felt jurassic world clear to me was when they were doing the t-rex thing and she was like she was like scared of the t-rex like she'd, she'd always like run back to the door and and her climbing on like the whole that t-rex thing with the um blood was felt Jurassic World Claire to me. Um, but that's about it. And that was yeah, only the Jurassic that. World Claire of like the, the jungle scared part, like not the mm. office part. So yeah. my office part was gone completely. And I like that part. I guess that maybe um, maybe the Lockwood uh, Manor stuff initially, oh, like yeah. when she went out oh. there. That I was pretty. Things. Sorry. Um, you're right though. Whenever she's talking to Mills and he's playing with that table and he's telling her, like how I think he says like not legal or something like he was saying something like that and she was like really into it and he was moving that that tape the electronic table pictures around and she was like how many can you save and she like had this really determined Claire face so there yes and then the T-Rex thing but um I think those are the only two where I felt Jurassic World Claire personality yeah I think um I think that's fair I think that's pretty fair she's uh, I, you know, I, I, enough criticism about it. Like I'm not, I, I'm trying not to, uh, criticize it too much, but I actually really like Claire in, in Fallen Kingdom and I really like her in the evolution of Claire. Um, so maybe, you know, for me, uh, the, I think Jurassic World is the outlier that's like, uh, I don't really care for that version. I know you do. Um, but I yeah. really, I really loved Claire and she also mentioned, Veronica mentioned, um, Owen, um, and his development. I think, um. I think there's a slight development there. I think, um, you know, from movie to movie too, he he transitions the least um, out of the two of them. He is not that different, except for the fact that all of a sudden he seems like a real jerk when it comes to uh, the caring for for Blue, and that like struck me. But then you realize, well, there is a little bit more behind his eyes um, that he is a little bit more caring than he's leading. You know, to believe. I think it's more he's just trying to seem tough in that argument with Claire. 
But um, I, I think there is some uh, differences and nice differences for, for Chris Pratt and Owen. Yeah, that's a tough one because he bounces back back and forth in Fallen Kingdom a lot. I feel like he wasn't very consistent. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that he was kind of – he distanced himself from it, which is different than – before so i do i like they flipped i mean she was totally into it and he was no and this time i mean they they flipped from the first one so i like that um i mean he was fine he he, owen is owen i mean there's not much to him he's pretty straightforward and he just has kind of his set things and he does them which is fine i don't don't know (laughs) i think you just you saw more layers of him i at least i did and i appreciated that i liked what Mm -hmm. he did i liked his acting okay. a lot more in this movie than the previous one as well. You know what I liked? I liked at the end with went with Blue when he wanted Blue to go with him, and Blue didn't, and he just looked crushed on that. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of the movie, he's like, "No, I don't care if she dies." And then at the end here, he really cared like a lot about this dinosaur. Yeah. So that I liked. I liked that. See, that's an arc. That's a development because we saw it happen. That's a development. Yeah. Now, from Jurassic World clear to Fallen Kingdom, that's not a development. That's just a change. Well, we could probably talk about this all night. Um, so let's move on. Thank you, Veronica. I like this topic. It, I know. We, we talk about it like every time, I think, and it won't stop here. So let's uh, move on to a voicemail from Clayton. Hey, guys. It's uh, Clayton Fioriti. Now, I have a question for you. Now, with uh, Jurassic World 3 on its way, and with a whole bunch of characters that I'm assuming will make an appearance in the new movie, whether it be Franklin, Zia, obviously Owen, Claire, and Maisie, and uh, maybe even Alan, Ellie, and possibly Malcolm, if uh, what we know is, well, if what we think we know is said to be true. I have a question on whether or not you think it's possible for either Owen Grady or Claire Deering to maybe bite the dust in the new movie. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of characters, (laughs) and not all of them, I would assume, could make it out of live. Uh, Even Benjamin Lockwood bit it in Fallen Kingdom. But in this movie in particular, I I don't really want to focus on Franklin or Zia or any of the other characters, but the likelihood of maybe Owen or Claire, could they die in this next movie? Do you think it will happen? Is it likely that it won't happen? Uh, why do you think that, or why do you think that? So I'm really curious, because I think it would be extremely effective for Claire if Owen gets, not necessarily eaten, but let's say he, he gets, gets killed by some animal or some other person or an act of God, nature, chaos, whatever. Uh, something like that happens in the new movie. If that were to happen, it could really be effective uh, or something could happen to Claire and be uh, really effective to Owen. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm not so sure it'll happen, but I, again, I just want to know what you guys think. Uh, take it easy. Oh, Clayton, I love the question of whether one of those two or anybody we know uh, is going to bite the dust. And uh, Jen, you know, I've talked about that at length. Um, yeah. when it comes to Owen and I thought for sure he would somehow die. I don't even remember like what circumstance I assumed it would happen, but, um, ah, man, I really wanted him to go. I thought like his time was up in this movie. 
Um, you know, the months leading up to it, we speculated for, you know, episodes on end, like about, oh, I think, I think it's time. I think, um, I think Owen will go because he's got a lot of stuff on his plate otherwise, you know, whether it's, uh, well, I mean, Infinity War and, uh, all that stuff and Guardians, uh, who knows, but, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot on his plate. He's a busy guy. And I thought, well, maybe he'll bow out. There's a lot of players here. We can get other people to work. Um, so I would like to stick with my answer of, of Owen getting killed off. And as you were talking there, Clayton, I was just thinking about like a really, like really upsetting scene would be like, um, say for instance, Owen dies. I don't know what the instance is, but I was almost imagining like, uh, like the mansion here. Like imagine he had fallen off that mansion and in, instead of like the, like blue and the Indoraptor, it was like Owen and the Indoraptor that fell through and maybe Owen didn't get impaled, but he fell and broke his neck or something like that and died. Um, so I was just imagining blue jumps down or goes down there and just is nudging Owen and he's not responding like a puppy. He's not. Yeah. And Owen doesn't respond and blue doesn't know what's going on. And, and you know, she just keeps pushing him and he's not responding because at this point blue is, is, is a pet like that's what blue is and i think that's okay i know a lot of people are very critical of blue being a pet or the raptors in general um because we only have blue at this point but um i think that was what it would happen because you know it's basically a dog um so i, I could see that being extremely uh, effective and sad for me at least maybe people would find it dumb but um i think that would be super sad for blue to actually have to go on her own and not have the, the like the, the to rely on owen to ever come back and find her that would be really upsetting i had so many thoughts when he was talking that i'm trying to wrangle them all in my head so first off i don't think zia and franklin will be back i i don't think they will be back they'll probably be um, Ellie and Grant, like the new ones, uh, the old old new ones, and I'm um, kind of bring them in a little bit. Uh, maybe a couple new characters. I wish Eli Mills made it <laughs> so know. bad. I know but, that would have been a nice like uh, little arc, wouldn't it have? Like yes. the second film, he didn't need to go out and die no. that way. Like not yet. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he, really he would have been him. he would have been nice on the loose. I mean, and then he would have been like going for Maisie all the time, and then it would have had like. He knows who she is, and I don't know if anyone else alive besides Iris really knows who Maisie is. And to have someone who's villainous know who she is and be able to, like, tell the world about, like, it would have been a nice layer. Well, maybe uh, anyway. he survived. I mean, Darth Maul survived getting chopped in half and, and came back. Uh, is there a chance that Eli Mills maybe got spider legs and came back as spider legs Mills? <laughs> No. No? Okay, um, so... And you have no idea what I'm talking about, by the way. I don't way, know, but... and I don't think that's... I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But, okay, so I, as I was thinking when he was saying about different people dying, I, I love I love this idea. I know I wasn't on it before for the second part, but this third part, if this truly is the last part, yes. Like, kill kill Ellie, kill Grant, kill Claire. Oh, like, man. Kill anybody. That would be oh. so impactful. I don't oh, know. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like those three need to die like that would be effective definitely but i almost feel like it would just be like shock for shock like you don't actually 
I don't know. It doesn't seem necessary. I, who knows what kind of situation we'll be in, but I, 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 I was thinking also Dr. Wu can definitely bite it. Oh, he'll, you know? he'll die. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I, I was like, well, okay, let's say Owen dies via Velociraptor, we'll just say. And that, that will, what will that do to Claire now? Because as we know in the book, uh, that kind of traumatized her a bit. So if the same thing happens to Owen, like how, what would she do? Before she broke and hated dinosaurs, but like what would she do? How would that affect her now? Because we saw how it affected her years back. How would that affect her now? I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested to see if Owen dies, like what would happen to her? Um, yeah, what, what, how that would break her. Um, I can't see her that, dying ever. Can you? Hmm? I can't see what? her dying. No, I mean, I it's it's her story, but, you know, people, I mean, if if they're going to, it's possible. I mean, I don't say no. I, I do think it's possible because why not? It's the end of the trilogy. You could kill the main people. And if they kill her, um, I don't know if I care how Owen would feel. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone would care. I, he's just, he's just chill and whatever. I mean, yeah, it'd be yeah. probably broken, but we know... We, we've seen her break via book and I don't know if I care if he breaks or not because <laughs> we don't we're not as attached he's just been one line the whole time and with little dips here and there but for the most part his journey we know who he is we know his goals we know his thoughts but she's been so roller coaster that I think it'd be more interesting to see how she would react to a moment like that however I do think blue will die and then Owen will have to react to that Maybe Owen dies saving Blue and they both die. Maybe. Yeah, I yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Blue dies as well. I don't know, but um I thought I th- I thought both of them would die at some point in this movie, so <laughs> Maybe you get it in the third one. I don't know. Maybe maybe I I'm now I'm going to be stuck on that that image of like just blue pushing a limp like owen like just he's not Aww. getting up he's just dead like that's super sad i mean um, you could get that you could get I that could. in a third and I, i'd be for it if it's the last one i mean go for it and I, I actually would be disappointed if they don't because you need something really impactful like that because we wanted something impactful for this one yeah and we didn't get that um so for this third one here you need that like kill the t-rex like you got to do something. You got to do something. I thought the T-Rex yeah. was gone in this last one. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I thought either the T-Rex, Blue, or Owen would die, and none of them died. So yeah. somehow everybody's fine once again. I mean, it's, and, it's really and, not – it's not the T-Rex's story anymore. We're out of the park. The T-Rex could have died in the second one. And it would have been fine. And it would have been impactful, especially if it, we said how it would have died on the island or something. That would have been impactful. Or if it died in the gas and didn't make it, that would have been impactful. Um, that would have, That's a missed opportunity. I don't know what they're, how they're going to use the T-Rex other than just a flashy prop in this third one. Because yeah. it's not really the T-Rex's story anymore. No. Um, I don't know. I was going to say something, but I completely forgot. So mm, let's move sorry. on. <laughs> no, no, it's not you. It's my mind doesn't work anymore. You know, when we do these mailbags, I like just go off the rails completely and don't ha- have any kind of memory whatsoever. <laughs> it's hard to real because your your mind is picking up on every oh, little yeah. couple words and yeah. it's like, wait, 
That's why I took notes during Veronica's thing. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't want to miss this. I, I had like a thought as you were talking. I'm like, it's gone. Go- goodbye. It's All so right. Hard. It's so hard to hold, them on, <laughs> hold on to them. Thank you, Clayton. Let's move <laughs> on here to a website submission from Bob. And Bob says, following your chat on the last mailbag about human clones side of the human clone side of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I took it to be that Maisie was the only clone. Lockwood's daughter was real, but died, and he cloned her in his grief. I think that's as far as the human cloning goes in this storyline, at least. I suppose it makes sense that someone who can uh, clone a complex animal like a dinosaur may look elsewhere with science. My concern is that they uh, that this is setting up the storyline for Jurassic World 3, or he says JP3, um, but, which <laughs> I don't want as wait what my concern is that they are setting up the storyline for jp3 which i don't want as these dinosaurs are dinosaur films not cloning whatever you like films okay sorry what i I, is that english no no because i don't can't read remember that thing about my brain not working (laughs) broken Um, okay, so basically what he was saying in that last sentence was he's concerned that that's the storyline for Jurassic World 3, and he doesn't want that because these are dinosaur films, not clone whatever you want films. And he says, yeah. anyway, great show, praise from London, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Sorry, I can't read. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm trying to think back to last episode. Did we talk about like others being cloned? I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't I, don't. I can't remember because yeah, I don't remember much of anything, obviously. But I don't remember talking about others. I think I had mentioned um, the fact of like Maisie, like the Maisie that you see in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom could not have been the first attempt, uh, just because of timing and stuff like that. And I mean, who knows? I don't know the whole backstory here, and I don't think a lot of people do. But um, there's some sort of discrepancy between when Maisie was created, um, also because Lockwood says, you know, they were young men uh, when they basically had this falling out. And I don't know, maybe he considers 20 years ago young men, um, maybe, and he would have only been 60, um, <laughs> but something like that. But um, maybe, maybe that's a young man. Maybe that's when they had their falling out. And. I just personally don't think that the Maisie you see in the movie was the first attempt. I think there must have been failed attempts, just like with the dinosaurs. The whatever dinosaur came first wasn't the actual first one. There was multiple, you know, failed attempts at creating the dinosaur first, which is pretty horrifying to think about and very horrifying to think about with a human, um, you know, having failed attempts. And I think that's where, uh, you know, this story could go and maybe you're talking about other people that are creating maybe they other other companies that those uh dna files went out to maybe like those people are trying humans i don't think so but who knows um but um i really think um Maisie was the only one cloned but cloned multiple times um because the age and the time nothing really lines up there um as far as that's concerned I agree. And I'm going to make a reference that nobody is going to get, but I'm going to make it it anyway. So in Smallville, all all I can think of is when they clone Lex and there was a ton of them because like he supposedly died. It's the same messy situation as this seems to be. But and then they had like a whole wall of them and then they made some mistake ones. And then like there's weird ones that kind of 
came out in the real world and, and it was just like weird half bred Lexes and all these different mistake hybrids or not hybrids, um clones. Um all these all these mistake clones and that and I feel like that's where it would might go if they want to touch into that. I'm not interested in that. I wasn't interested in that in Smallville. And it's going to take me to Smallville if they do this. And I didn't really care for that. And this is a dinosaur movie. So I'm trying, like, to ignore the... I'm, I'm taking the clone stuff with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, they did that. Cool. Let's move on. Yeah, well, I think, like, you know, just in, in the terms of science, like, you kind of have to have those trials to get to the, the perfect one. Though. No, yeah, you don't want to see it. And that no. would be horrifying to see um, yeah. in, in like a super ultra, ultra like realistic version. Um, but I, I think I think the clone, you know, storyline will continue. And I know these are dinosaur films, but, um, it, yeah. you know, it might turn to clone whatever you like. And maybe we'll get the story of Dolly in Jurassic World 3, the, the sheep, mm-hmm. right? Oh man, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want any clone things. I mean, it just doesn't get me. I don't know. You don't want like two Malcolms? Like, are people going to be using? No, are people going to be using this this clone stuff to like clone vegetables? And then we'll just have all these giant tomatoes around. That's it. And that is horrifying, <laughs> if you ask me. That's where it's going to go. Giant tomatoes go taking there. over the world. Hey, you want to come to my people new theme will use park? It for that. You know, like first, first we had fleas, and then we had we, then we had dinosaurs, and then then we had giant tomatoes. Vegetable so, park. Yeah, that's, that's when John Hammond is cloned one. back to existence, and he talks about his flea circus, his dinosaur park, and then his park with giant tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go there. No, nobody. I'm not wants interested to go there. in tomato park. <laughs> I feel like Welcome that's where we're going. To tomato park. So. <laughs> On that note, let's move over <laughs> to an MP3 from our friend Lonnie. Uh, here it is. Let's take a listen. Hey, this is Lonnie Clay calling in for some of my thoughts on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Let me boost this. Uh, the volcano sequence I thought was a lot of fun. Um, it had a real primal, kind of a primal kind of feel to it with the lava coming down and just, it was almost like meteorites coming from the sky. I thought that was an incredible sequence and a great addition to the Jurassic franchise. One of the things, you were totally right about the publicity. Um, There was way too much publicity that showed what was going on. When The Lost World came out, there was almost nothing of the San Diego sequence. Whether you liked it or not, it was a total surprise if you saw that movie opening weekend. The trailers for that didn't come out until after the movie happened, so... If they could have shown maybe less of the Lockwood and more of the island, that would have been really interesting, but I know that was so much of the movie. It had a darker take on it, a real Michael Crichton feel to it. I love that addition to the Jurassic franchise and how that felt. Uh, also, um, the lava, when it went over the island, I thought it would be worse than what it was. I mean, it was bad, yep. obviously. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm glad there was nothing of the visitor center being mm-hmm. destroyed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just just seeing the bracket source erupt in the fireball, that was enough for me, man. Make a grown <laughs> Jurassic Park fan cry. Seriously. But, uh, yep. Yep. It, it was a pretty incredible sequence. Uh, did I did not see the whole Macy clone thing coming. Did not see it. Uh, that was a total surprise. I was glad to have one surprise in the movie that I didn't see coming. And who was her mom? Seriously, like, what? where is that going to go in the next movie? Something I read on the internet, and I was wondering, 
the Indoraptor. I wonder if it was spliced with human DNA or something like that, because that thing actually grinned. I mean, it looked at the camera and it grinned right before it ate the uh, military guy in the cage. I was like, what the heck? That thing just grinned at the camera. So I don't know what that was about, but I thought that was crazy. It looked like it was it was happy to have a meal. Uh, Blue didn't die. Um, no major characters died. That surprised me. Um, I also thought someone oh, wow. like that was going to die. Didn't happen. So no one bit the big one. We'll see what happens in the next movie. Uh, I did like the finale. It really leaves us in a place to look forward to the next one, and we'll see where everything goes. So it'll be fun to see that sci-tech feel the next movie of how dinosaurs will interact with the rest of us humans and um, yeah it was a great addition to the franchise I love the movie overall I can't wait to see the next one and I guess that's about it uh, thanks for everything you do Brad keep it up man thanks Lonnie um, right there with you man like I thought um, I thought it was pretty on par with that I think the uh, lava stuff for me was was awesome. It was so mm-hmm. iconic, and that is something I talk about all the time. Is that like that imagery is something that I've always wanted to see come to life, you know? Because every old book and every uh, artwork that you used to see, um, you know, the old paleo art and stuff like that, always includes volcanoes erupting in the background with dinosaurs in the foreground, and that's just such an iconic look, and it fits this franchise really well and kind of like an unexpected turn you didn't really expect that to pop up oh hey there's a volcano back there all of a sudden um but it did and i'm glad that worked out um and yeah i'm really on par with like basically everything you said i took notes during this one as well yeah so one thing that he he mentioned that this is actually blew my mind and it was the first time i thought of it is when he said meteors like it was like there was meteors coming out of that volcano and that blew my brain because, oh my goodness, <laughs> what a better way to extinct dinosaurs than with like a meteor imagery coming out of a volcano? Like that's that was just genius. Like it was meteors. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I hope now, that was intentional. Because. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it could have been. Um, I I certainly got that imagery before, but um, uh, in a real life note, I don't know if you've been following along with the volcano activity in Hawaii. I have not. Not? I knew it happened. Well, yeah. I mean, this has been going on since prior, like a month, I think, prior to the the movie actually being released. I think it was around that time where uh, volcanic volcanic activity started on uh, one of the uh, surrounding areas over there. Uh, Sorry, I'm not too knowledgeable on that, um, uh, whatever's going on. But there's this giant fissure that erupted here, and now there's just lava flowing, and it's been going. And I was reading about it. It could be like – months to a year or so before it's done and just the other day i was watching some report where like uh some fissure erupted like on the coast like i guess it looked like it was on the water like in the water and a giant like just just explosion of like lava shoots in the air just like you'd see in the movie or something like that but this is real life and apparently wow. some boat that was, like, down the way, like, pretty far away, got hit with a lava bomb is what they were calling oh. it. And it was, like, a giant chunk of, I guess, lava as it came and dried as it's flying through the air and just smashed through the roof of this boat. And I think some people got hurt, but I don't think anybody was seriously injured or anything. But um, scary. You know, like, that's real. I guess that's real stuff. You know, that's scary stuff. 
Oh, so it really does meteor shower whenever it lava erupts. That's interesting. Yeah, lava is um, scary. Lava is super scary. And <laughs> you know, like natural disasters learn, in general. Yeah. Like na- me and natural disasters, I get terrified of lightning. Yeah. I have a serious problem of natural disaster fear. Um, that's like my greatest <laughs> fear in the world. But um, yeah, so the meteor thing was awesome. And then he mentioned how the Indoraptor smiled at the dude. I love when he – I just capped this actually. I've been capping all day long and I've been <laughs> tweeting about it. But yeah. um, whenever the Indoraptor's in the cage and Owen goes to flip the switch to make him – stop moving he like laughs at him in the best way like it just i love that part every single time i watch huh. it he like evil laughs like it's a jafar laugh or something. i'll have to catch that i think i know what you're talking about but um i have to double like, check because i right think i know he, right when he pulls a lever to make him stop yeah. and kind of go backwards he as he's moving he like looks right at owen and kind of like jafar laughs at him <laughs> i love that so much um <laughs> <laughs> and does he say like um, let's see how snake like i can be and then he just turns he into a giant snake it. i think he was thinking that i do that's why i call Indo it snake but, um, yeah. yeah yeah he's he was thinking that way i i think <laughs> um but also back to the the greatness of the island because i and i was just capping today and i went through the whole movie like full on frame by frame practically and it is such a switch going from the island to the mansion. And I haven't seen the movie in full for a while, like, I don't know, a month or so, maybe-ish. And I, it's still jarring whenever you finish that island and you have so much energy and it's just everything. And then you switch and you're back with Mills and the, the auction guy. I'm like, oh. I don't know. It still drags it. It slows it. like, stops the film so much. And I don't know if that was the best decision. I mean, the Jurassic feel is the island, so is it just taking it off the island that stops it, or is it just the way they did it that stops it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that, though. I I have no problem with the tonal shift and the, uh, I guess, I don't know. I still feel like there's a lot of action, a lot of drama, um, but as mm-hmm. far as the epicness, the scope of it is much smaller, of course, but... Um, I'm okay with that. There's a lot of movies that do that kind of thing. I mean, Jurassic Park did that in a way. Uh, you know, it just had its like basically climactic moment in the middle of the movie, essentially, or towards the later middle um, with the T Rex breakout. Yeah. And then it kind of, you know, it but kind of worked. contained. That worked more for me than this did. Yeah. Even after time, after weeks of not really watching it and just capping it here today, I yeah. still felt it just with capping it. I just felt, oh, we're here now. Another another know. pretty big example would be um, out of your realm, but uh, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Um, it has it starts off basically, um, you know, with the, one of the biggest battles on a planet, and then kind of goes lower key the rest of the movie for for most of it, um, and then it ends in in a very closed like kind of way like this where it's just emotional, it's it's uh, personal and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. And, and, you know, with Empire being the middle of that franchise and this being a middle, it's kind of a lot of people compare middle movies. They're like, oh, I wonder if it'll be the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's usually what the, you know, the mark is like, is it going to be like that movie? And this one, I think, was in that sense. Okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know yeah. anything about anything about that. So maybe that is a thing that you do 
with middle movies. I don't know. It just didn't it didn't work for me that much. I mean, it was fine, <laughs> but it is jarring every time. Yeah, yeah, I can me. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was good. Thank you very much, Lonnie. Um, let's move on here. We've uh, another website submission from Adam. And he says, love the show. Thanks so much for putting in the effort to make these episodes. I love my commutes uh, to work due to your podcast. That's cool. Thanks. Um, Anyways, I have a question for you. I'd love to hear your thoughts and analysis if you have time. In regards to exploring the chaos slash unpredictability slash butterfly effect side of things, the first Jurassic Park movie, how do you think the plot of the movie and therefore the future of the actual first park, which then in turn would impact all the other movies. How do you think that would have been affected if certain elements went differently or never took place? For example, <clears throat> no storm, which equals no Rex slash Raptor breakout and the tour went ahead with no issues and received endorsements to open. Uh, also, if Nedry succeeded with his mission, also if Ellie stayed with the tour or if Grant and Tim die in the tree slash explore. I'd love to hear your take on those uh, and what you think of the plot of the first movie would be if any of those events happened differently or not at all. And how would you how would it affect the future movies? Thanks, man. Uh, so that's Whoa. from Adam. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, and I feel like you can almost term. do a whole podcast just on that question. Yeah, you know, I think we could probably. Um, yeah, that's probably a good point. Um, I have to... Might have to do that, but do you have a quick, a quick kind of like answer for some of them? That's that's hard because let's see. So let's say a storm didn't come. Was a storm impact the escape stuff? Well, no, it doesn't I, impact. Yeah. Well, it impacts Nedry escaping. Yeah, it doesn't. Kinda. Unfortunately, the storm doesn't really. It's kind of like. Uh, the magic it's an trick. It's it, 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 but... It's really like oh, the everybody in the um you know compound thinks that like it's an issue the storm but it actually has no bearing on the outcome of the movie um, well now, it does nedry, it's, aside from nedry that's the only nedry would have succeeded without the storm i think you know yeah so that's a big thing that's a big thing because if he would have succeeded um well the, he clo- he locked the fences and he I mean he shut off the who, what how did the fences cuz he only shut off like the fence fences he needed. So the T-Rex fence wasn't one of those. Right? Because whenever No, they, it was all of them. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Now when Nedry was leaving and escaping, wasn't Ray Arnold like Raptor paddock still on, T-Rex paddock still on? Like there were some that were still on. It was only some security fences that were down. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I forget which one specifically, but there but was the big like ones that. were were still there. So, what made the big ones go down? Was it the storm? No, it was definitely not the storm. It might have been them rebooting. Uh, I forget. The oh specific wait, they order, had to reboot to get the other systems online. That's what did it. But okay. yeah, I think there's some discrepancy there as to which pen was down as well. But aside from that, the storm really had no effect on the movie. I think the movie basically aside from Nedry dying, it would have went exactly the same way. Uh, maybe may, it's hard to say. Maybe it would have been different because I think at that point, the people were already um, like thought Nedry turned on them basically. Um, yeah. You know, like they, they he, he would have, he was supposed to go unnoticed. Like he just went for a drink 
uh, you know, get some soda or something and come back to do his job. And that didn't happen. He couldn't get to the dock. Apparently, if he had gotten back to the dock, do you think anybody would have believed him or would they have been like, you did this. You you just sabotaged us. I well, think they would have known. Here's my other point with the storm, though. The dock would have waited for him longer. He wouldn't have had to rush as much because wasn't the, the boat guy wanting to leave because of the storm in a rush? Like, I think he would have waited for him longer. So then Nettie wouldn't have had to rush if it wasn't for the storm. He could probably put a scene better yeah. and he could yeah. have got his way to dock better and they would have waited for him. So I do think the storm played a really big role, actually. Yeah, but I like I don't think much would have happened differently. I think because about the storm, I don't know. I, I don't know because the because I'm saying like he would have still had to turn the power off, and he still would have had to leave the building. And it say for instance, he drops off the DNA and he comes back. Do you think that the like? Do you think John Hammond and Ray Arnold and and Muldoon? Do you think they believe him, Nedry, when he's like, ah, uh, I just got my soda and his butterfingers, mm-hmm. and he comes back, or do they say, Nedry, you just shut down the entire park? And now the fences are down and, and blah, 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 whatever's happening. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have believed him, but that would have changed everything. They might have gotten him to op- like turn the fences back on. Maybe. But again, I don't think that he – I don't. he didn't get rid of the important fences. Like the T-Rex and those fences, They that went down when they had to reboot the system. So, I mean, that's in response to him. So if he would have came back – I don't think the T-Rex fences would have got down. Yeah, I, I cannot remember for the life of me at what the like timeline of the fence was. <laughs> I know. It's hard, to, it's hard to deconstruct it, like really rip it apart like that and think backwards. Um, but that's a really, really hard question, a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I without a few things, I guess and they would have just got that one snag because there are just like little snags that build up to a big problem. There's not really a huge problem, which is why I'm kind of in the park with John Hammond here when he's like, well, if, if Nedry didn't do that, it, it would have been fine. If we did this, it would have been fine. Like it would have been flawless. Like I feel like it wasn't a total disaster. It was just a few little things, a few little snags that kept happening that built up to a problem. So if you would have fixed those couple of snags, I think it would have been fine. Really. I think the park would have been salvageable and operational and fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I think he, yeah, if they had sat him down and been like, you need to fix this, yeah, they probably like, would have had to go through all the, um, when I well, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess the, the main difference is like, no, see, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because when he comes back, like I'm saying, I think they would have just like thrown him away and put him like locked him up instead of maybe asking for his help because at that point he's already sabotaged them. He already put the, um, what do you call it? Um, there was some sort of like lock on the system where, you know, they could, they couldn't get in and fix the issue. That was the real issue was they couldn't fix it themselves that they had to shut everything down. Um, so if, if they knew he sabotaged them, would they ask for his help to fix it? I don't think they would have turned off the entire system then, though. They would have had at least somewhat of an option with him there. But because restarting the entire system is what released the Rex, I believe, and the Raptors and like the dangerous things. Because when Nedry left, they were not – it was only the fences for him to get out. It wasn't the dangerous fences. So 
um, if he came back, I feel like they wouldn't have open. They wouldn't have reset the system. They would have found something. He, at least they would have had like a base to go off of. Because when he left, they had nothing to go off of, so they had to restart. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. See, as far as I know, the T Rex fence went out with all of them. With Did like it? I don't on the think initial so. run. I don't think and so. And the only one was like, because because Muldoon is like. He didn't turn the raptor fences off, did he? Like, you know, like he's yeah, concerned yeah. mostly about the raptor fence. And then they find out, well, where did the tour stop? And it's like, uh oh, we cut to the T Rex paddock. And yeah, maybe. And then you find out, like, later that because they hadn't shut the power down at that point. Right. They shut the power I down guess at, off later. I was thinking that they didn't really, the T Rex didn't come out because the Raptors didn't go off. So, like, why would he turn off the T Rex and not the Raptors? Why, why not just turn off everything or just what you need? And he yeah. doesn't need the T Rex off. So, and it's, I don't it's, know. The discrepancy That's... I was thinking about before is, um, the, like the the you remember the 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 computer monitors flashing? It's like dun, 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 yeah. dun, bam, 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 like just showing all the different fences. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a fence that says Velociraptor and it's blinking as if it's not working. And I'm pretty sure that is prior to the power going off. Um, but then Arnold was like, but Raptor that, fences are on. So. I, I'm pretty sure that there is actually a Raptor paddock, um, which is what Alan and Lex and Tim go through because there's eggs out there for raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the fence that was down. So there could have been other raptors out there somewhere. But as far as the raptor pen... Um, was concerned the actual one that like you saw in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. i think that was still safe until the shutdown um so i think a lot of stuff would have went down maybe not as bad you know um the the t-rex would have broken out through the truck off blah 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 all that stuff would have happened um maybe um you know, Dedri, De, uh, Dedri, Dedri would have been Ned. No, Nennis, Nennis, Dedri, Nennis, Dedri, Nennis, Dedri, Dennis, Nedri would wouldn't have been dead or Ned, and he probably would have been alive. But I think if the Raptors hadn't gotten out at the end, they would have got the park up and running at that point. But the T Rex would still be out, but they would have activated the fences elsewhere, right? <laughs> now we're just I'm all over the place so yeah i'm <laughs> i'm a bit lost at this point yeah sorry i'm in my own head but There's a lot of thought at 11:03 p.m yeah it's a lot it is a lot um so let's let's keep it at that and and we'll think about doing a full episode on that because that, I, I do like this topic and it needs to be flushed out we need like the full uh itinerary of what happened because I, I think i got most of it right there you know just remembering but um the timeline is a little iffy and there is that blinking screen. I'm like th- trying to think of what situation everything comes in, but um, I want to do that for sure. Um, so we'll save that. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. And uh, whew, man, let's move on to another voicemail here. Uh, where was that one? Yeah. Let's take a listen. Hi, my name hey. is Ender Kyrie. Um, hey. I've commented on a couple of the videos on YouTube before, but I've never called in. So I thought I'd call in for the August mailbag for the first time. Um, I love listening to the July mailbag, especially with all the Fallen Kingdom talk. But when you brought up your Brachiosaurus again, uh, I had some questions about that. 
And one thing I've always loved about the Jurassic Park franchise is the different names for the dinosaurs because a lot of people don't know about the names. So obviously the Rex that everybody calls Rexy a lot of the time. Um, in the original production notes, we see that the crew called it Roberta. And then no, obviously no. you've got Delta, Blue, Charlie, and um, Echo. And uh, a lot of people know that the Triceratops in the first movie was called Sarah. Obviously, the new Stygi Moloch is called Stygi. And uh, people are the crew of the first Jurassic World named the Indominus Darcy, et cetera, et cetera. So I was wondering, um, going Stand. along with the fan theory headcanon Stand. that the Brachiosaurus that we see eat it in Fallen Kingdom is the same one that we see greet us in Nublar in the first movie. What would you like that fan name to be for the uh, Brachiosaurus? After all, oh. you did name Stan, Wait. and that one seems hey, to have stood pretty well. Yes. And then for Jin, what would you name your baby Ankylosaurus that you uh, mentioned in the last episode? So that's what I was wondering. Thanks for answering. Uh, see you next one. Bye. Okay, wait now. Wait now, wait now. This is where it gets messy because yeah. in the Claire book, they, the two Brachiosauruses from the original Jurassic Park were named, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, you, you keep talking. Hold on. I can grab my notes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I love how I keep, keep talking. Um, I don't know. I can't think if you're not here. I, I'm alone. Cold alone. Um, <laughs> You can't you can't figure it out on your own. You I don't can't know how to do talk it if anymore. You're not here. Um, but see now I could do it. Now I'm fine. You're fine so now. The, yeah. In the Claire book, what it was Olive, Olive. and Agnes were yeah, the. Okay. Um, Good thing I got up to get my notes because you beat me to it. Cool. I have a memory somewhat. Somewhat. Sometimes. So occasionally, selectively. So um, <laughs> those were the two brachiosauruses in the Claire book, thought to be the two Brachiosauruses in the original yeah. Jurassic Park. Now, we've deducted, I think, that this is where it gets messy, but I, okay, I've personally deducted that the Brachiosaurus that dies on the island, on the dock, is not one of the originals because it wasn't old enough to be, I don't feel like it was old enough. Maybe the originals even died already. I don't know. But I want to believe that the one that died on the dock is Pearl, the little Brachiosaurus that Claire had um, in the in the novel. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's that's my thought too. Um, I want that. It's uh, been debunked though. Like, who said it? Didn't Jay Bayona or Colin or someone say that? Yeah, the one on the dock was one of the originals. I don't like that. I'm trying to find it in my notes here. I don't. I don't see that, but I do remember, yeah, one of them said that, um, which, yeah, I, uh, again, I, I talk about this constantly, but I don't love when they do that kind of thing. Yeah. So I like that we could des- deduct that it could be Pearl. It um, is Pearl. I'm calling yeah, it. Yeah, I like that, but I don't like like to be told that it is the one from the original movie. Like that's – I don't know. I, I, I like it to play out in our own minds and our own imagination, um, and we could have that memory in connection with Pearl – um, in that sense, that that would make things connect a lot more, and I like that too. Um, Pearl oh, is, a, is, a is there's no spoilers, but like Pearl's a big deal in the the novel. Mm-hmm. And to have Claire's reaction, because I feel like Claire knows her island, she knows her dinosaurs, she knows her stuff. Like she she knows that stuff on the island. She knows her island stuff, and I feel like she would know Pearl if she saw her. So I would like to think, especially um, since she knew Pearl since. It was young dinosaur, like, and she grew up 
on the island when Claire was on the island. So I feel like she would know that dinosaur. Um, and I would hope that um, that was the one that was on the dock because for Claire to see it, that would add so much to that moment, more than anything originally, for that to be that dinosaur and then her reaction, which is so good. That's what I want, and that's what I'm going to believe. I don't care. I, I don't care what people tell me. I'm believing that. And today, yeah. actually, someone brought to the point, shout out to Ashley, who brought this to my attention, that the Triceratops that Claire's looking at in the um, in the jail, could that be the original young Triceratops that was in the novel as well? Oh, yeah, that would that would be interesting. That would be pretty interesting, too. Yeah, just grown up and... and... Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that thought. And I already had that connection. Not not like that character, but like just the obvious connection of like the baby being there while she's talking about the first time, you know, you saw a dinosaur. Right. Um, but that that takes it to it like another step further. That's actually pretty yeah. cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's like a symbolic thing. Like I took it as a symbolic thing and a reminder, like her saying, oh, well, just kind of reminiscing a little bit in her head that Owen has no idea what she's thinking about. But the audience does who read the book. But thinking that that's that Triceratops that she like dove in the dirt for to save and all of that. Um, that's really, really interesting. And for her to just be really just next to it in this circumstance and like watching it in a cage and like the she watched that one grow up as well and now she doesn't know what's going to happen to that or her at this point and she's just remembering seeing that triceratops and it was a little one like that's really that's something and why are they not if it's not true if we're just totally fan canning fan can head cannon this <laughs> um i don't know why is it not real because i think if they want to buy like sell this book and really say yes it's part of canon then they should be doing these kind of connections because that would make it so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like that. And, I, and, you know, that's something that, you know, you just concluded you or you said somebody else kind of cued you into that. Yeah. Ashley, like, shout out Ashley. Yeah, yeah. So that's like something she just came up with, right? Like on her own, just kind of deducted yep. that that's what it is. And I like that. I like that you, you know, you can have that sensibility to connect dots on your own. And maybe it's not true, but but it it works. There's nothing to tell you that it doesn't work, um, unless Colin says no, that's not the case, <laughs> and okay, I don't so I don't want him to do that. That actually just brought up a, a really mind blowing comet meteor level mind blowing moment. Okay, so um, the dinosaurs that were chosen to die here are very interesting. It was oh not die but focus on it was the brachiosaurus and it was the triceratops now what came first it's like a chicken or egg situation because their brachiosaurus and the triceratops was very important in jurassic park so when tess wrote this novel did she think okay those two are main dinosaurs from jurassic park so i'm going to include them in this novel or did the fallen kingdom folks say hey we're going to include these two make that your focus in your book or did it come as currently is the word i guess wherever they were like well we want these to be the same dinosaurs that she has in the book in this movie as well so is it just a shout out is it just a reference is it just taking like dinosaurs that have been important are they the same dinosaurs what came first you know chicken I like or egg that. yeah i think i would personally believe that they told her there needs to be a connection between these and you can come up with the connection but uh there should be some sort of substance here to make people care, 
Because I mean, there's, and then you have that. This is where it gets messy. Because then you have that weird connection of the Brachiosaurus from the original doing that same jump to the um, tree move as you have it on the dock. So that's yeah. a. That's a reference there. And then you have the Brachiosaurus reference in the book. So now you have a cross-reference, the two different Brachiosauruses. And that, it's getting messy. I wish they would just pick one and be sure of it and say, yes, this is this one. Because now, uh, I don't know. It's messy. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it, it is kind of messy. But uh, what are you going to do, you know? But in my head, that's the original. That's the book Triceratops. And that is the book Pearl grown up into real big dinosaurs and Claire is, is living with them right now in this movie. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I don't, it's my canon. Oh, well, thank you so much. That was a good question. I like that one. Wait, he asked me, um, what, oh, yeah, what I would name. Your, your ankylosaurus, right? What would I, yeah, I don't know. I would really have to think about this. I don't know. I might have to come back on it. I hope he tunes in next month because let me think. Can't I might come up with it by the end of the episode though. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, is it a girl ankylosaurus or a boy ankylosaurus? Well, while you're thinking about like, that, I have I have yeah. something I could talk about real quick if you want Go to for think. It. So I remembered what I was going to say before. Surprisingly, Louis, Louis I, is my ankylosaurus. Louis, Louis, I like it. I like oh, it. I want one. Louis and Stan. Oh, so cute. Um, that's good. I like that's a perfect name for for Anki. Anki. Um. Now I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, no, maybe. Maybe it's le- leaving my mind completely. No, come back. Okay, so somebody, I don't know who it was, brought up the fact that um, none of the like side characters and stuff died. Remember that discussion? <laughs> before recently yeah in this episode today um somebody brought that up it was like franklin and and so oh yeah and then a lot of people have been talking about like no good guys died in this movie which is not a hundred percent true i mean lockwood died even though he's kind of like on the fence real and not like he's not really like one of the good guys like the claire owen uh franklin zia and Maisie, i guess but um, I get that description because he does sort of fit in that realm. But um, yeah, none of like the main crew died when that tends to happen pretty often in these movies. Um, there's a few instances where I thought like maybe they'll kill off Franklin. I thought like maybe there was a few times where, you know, he could have died, but um, they never pulled the trigger there, um, which I'm, I'm glad for because he was, you know, he was a good character throughout the movie and, and, Zia, there was no chance for her to die, really. Um, but, yeah, that was my random thought of the moment. Here's a random thought on your random thought. Now, when they killed off Zara for no, apparently, no yeah. good reason, <laughs> I mean, people go. had a heart attack saying, oh, she didn't deserve it, and she didn't deserve it, and all of this. And, <sighs> like, you don't need to deserve it. They're just animals. But in this case... If they would have killed off Franklin or something, they would have been like, oh, he didn't deserve it and all that. So you can't even kill a good guy anymore unless they deserve it, apparently. Well, so yeah. I don't know if that's what they were thinking. I don't know. Apparently, like I was having a big debate about this online today. Um, so a few days ago as you're listening to this. But um, about that same thing, whether uh, you know Zia deserved it or not. And no, of course not. Like, nobody does, really. Even the villains probably don't deserve to get ripped in half. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, my my point in film is that dinosaurs don't care who dies, who lives and dies. It's never going to be like simple or easy. It, it, sometimes it's going to be messy. Sometimes it's going to be brutal. Um, so that's like in film. Uh, pop people are saying that there's an issue with the filmmaking that they didn't lead into it, which is true. There was no real lead into it. They didn't make you care for her. Very true. Uh, and they, there was no follow up to it. She died. It was over. There was no. There was no. Yeah. Claire didn't care, I, I, and the I kids really didn't care. But also, there was no time. To the, do you don't. Either. You don't need to focus on every single thing. There doesn't have to be like well, like we were talking about with with Colin or, or Ja giving an answer to everything. There doesn't have to be an answer to everything, and I think that makes it more intriguing and that makes it more fun and. You don't. I don't know. I I didn't and need to to feel attached to to Zara. She she could have just died, and and maybe it was brutal. Maybe maybe it was too much. But it was also a spectacle for spectacle's sake. And I know people have an issue with that too. But that's on purpose. It was done that way because it was supposed to be shocking, and it was supposed to be sparkly and like you know something you've never seen before because it was brutal. And to me, it brings back to uh, the old trading cards. Um, the dinosaur attacks, uh, they were very, very brutal dinosaur attack um, images. And some of my favorites were with pteranodons and pterodactyls and all those crazy things, like picking up people, impaling them. And we got a few of those moments in Jurassic World, whether it was Mizrani, uh, uh, the guy next to him, like got impaled by the pteranodon, which was straight, like something straight out of those those cards. And also that entire Main Street sequence which was brutal for the sake of just being brutal. Like that's what those cards were intended to do. And I feel like Colin is like maybe a fan of those cards or something Mm -hmm. because there's a bunch of moments that like pull straight out of those things. And they had nothing to do with Jurassic, but they were just brutal for the sake of being brutal. And they were, they were awesome. I loved them. They were so bloody. They were so brutal. And they just showed dinosaurs killing people. And it was horrifying. (laughs) But when you see it come to life in that sense, you're like, wow, that feels familiar and I, I really appreciated that because it felt real and it felt like, you know, sometimes with death, you just don't have an answer and there's no like you didn't expect it and there was no follow up. You got no answer for why it happened. And that's the case here, whether it was filmmaking or real life in canon, you know, answers. In the backlash of that, I feel that they're scared to do that now in a way. And mm-hmm. that's a shame because I like that. I like the unexpected. I like the extreme in that sense. It's not predictable. And that's, I don't know if this was on, if, if this was um, consciously or not, but what they do with Fallen Kingdom, like I wonder if Eli Mills's death was a result of that because he was bad. He deserved to die. So he will die just cause that's the formula for that. And people have a riot if they don't follow that formula and that's a shame because he shouldn't have died. And if he died because of that formula, that's wrong. Like, don't don't be yeah. doing that. And my Claire, my Claire, uh, my Zara Claire argument is: when would she have found out that Zara died? I, I mean, maybe she didn't find out till after the movie ended. Yeah, I feel like she probably would have found out um, from the kids, right? Because the kids saw it happen. Maybe, um, but like. If they, I don't know. If they a remembered. lot was going on, and maybe she just assumed that Zara was with the other people at the hotel, or or they like left her. But 
nothing happened to her kind of thing. Yeah, maybe the kids didn't mention it at all and, and she just assumed and then – I don't know. I always assume that like uh, she's kind of up to date because I think in that last moment of Jurassic World, she – like like many things we've said is that you don't see the whole story and I'm sure she was not just standing around like just being helped. You know, I think she was helping uh, doing a lot of that stuff. So I feel like she probably knew. Okay, I don't know. I'm trying to just figure – I'm trying to defend that point. But um, it also but yeah. it like just it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not supposed to be something like debated hotly over you know the course of three four years now. Um, I don't know. I have no issue yeah. with it, and I don't tell think there's that, a real filmatic tell that to problem. The high heels, Zara mm. in the high heels. Tell that that that's that's too much. Exactly. That's an yeah. issue for too many. I know. Many discussions. I I my goodness. I burst out earlier last week i guess um as of this recording about um people just ripping apart the movie and still talking about jurassic world like for no good reason um i'm gonna see if i can find it as i'm rambling here but it's just more people here we go this is must be a star wars fan or something says holy poo I haven't watched any of the Jurassic World movies. Holy poo. That's exactly what it <laughs> says. That's I, I don't know. I haven't watched any of the Jurassic World movies, but I'm watching a breakdown of them now, and boy did Star Wars dodge a bullet. Oh, following I it up with too. following it up with I'm pretty sure Trevara, or however you spell it, hates women. <laughs> and and then goes on to say the main male villain dies off screen with ominous blood splatter random female assistant probably the most gruesome slash gratuitous jp death of all time no i'm sorry it's not it's definitely not it's definitely it's definitely like you know brutal but it's definitely not the most gratuitous um but also yeah okay the main one of the main guys dies off screen and with blood splatter sure whatever and trevorrow however you spell it does not hate women that's that's for sure so no. that's the kind of stuff that you have to deal with when when you you know you run a podcast or you're a, you know somebody in the Jurassic community that people talk to. It's it's just uh, I don't I know. know. And especially I, the Star Wars community recently has been speaking out against hatred in their own community. Whether um, Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, got a lot of hate for playing that character. Uh, Jake Lloyd, who was the the kid who played. Um, Anakin Skywalker got a lot of hate and Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran who played Rose Tico in the last Jedi got a lot of hate and left social media and people stand up for them. They're just actors. Well, I know, but people trash them for no good reason because they're a bunch of jerks. So they just ridicule these people for no reason. And then they leave or they, they do something wrong or bad or uh, Ahmed best almost killed himself. And he came out about that recently on Twitter so people stand up for those people, rightfully so, but they also talk very poorly about Colin Trevorrow. So there's a weird double standard there, and this is a, t- a random tangent that we is super serious for the mailbag. But um, I wanted to point that out because I, I feel like people are, are there's a double standard when it comes to speaking about Colin Trevorrow for some reason. I know. I fully agree. I fully agree. I, I love Colin. I will stand by him all the time because. He, he, I don't know if he's just caught in crossfire or he's just had a really bad string of karma with other people happening or with the Star Wars thing or just bad timing. But he's, he's not a bad guy at all. I mean, he's the best with best intentions. And he, 
I don't know. I just feel really bad from every time I see stuff like that, especially from someone, as you just read, who didn't actually see the movie. That was the worst part. They watched the wrap-up thing, like a breakdown online, which if you're watching one of those things online, of course it's going to, like, it's going to just trash the movie when it, like, a while back, I'm not going to point out the guy because... It was ridiculous. The things that he was saying about Jurassic World was completely false. He missed all the accurate points and decided to report on his own version of the movie. And then a lot of people bought into it because he has a big following. So that's the problem is people are spewing incorrect truths about the movie and then people believe it. And then you get people in a breakdown reporting the wrong issue. And then people say that Colin Trevorrow hates women. I know, and and I just since we're on this rant, I just got to say everyone listening I'm to this heated. podcast knows this already, but I'm just going to say it so the universe hears. There are I, I follow the price tag, and there are so many people who literally send sympathy tweets to her saying, "I'm sorry you had to run in heels because a man made you do that." There are so Ugh. many tweets to her apologizing for Colin's mean misogynistic thing, and I'm like, she chose that like oh my gosh it was her choice and then again in the second one she chose it yet again and people are still sending her tweets saying i'm sorry you had to do it twice and i'm like oh my goodness can't she have a say like you're you're going all feministic kind of but then you're silencing her voice by not even listening to it yeah. So, and I literally just watched weird... that video you posted about her saying, like, they wanted her to wear flats or ballet shoes. And she says, like, no, she's going to wear heels. That's what we're that's what we're doing here. I, I totally post that today yeah. as an internal reaction to what I've been reading. <laughs> but um, that because she says it so much, like yeah. so much. And but nobody pays and you know attention to that. You know, what's funny, though, in interviews for Fallen Kingdom, like I know. The heel thing came out like after the press for Jurassic World. So she didn't really get to address it that much to the masses, just here and there um, when people were asking. But for Fallen Kingdom, like every question almost was bringing up the shoe thing. And she made it a point to say, like, they'd try to like lure her into a not talk bad about Colin, but like kind of jokingly say, oh, you had to do that. Ha ha, isn't it better now? Kind of joke. And she, she's like, knocks every one of them down she's like no but seriously it was my choice like she says that to every single interviewer and they're like oh like they're fishing for something and she knocks every single uh, one of them down and it's really yeah, fun to watch that, that's, her do that. that's good i'm glad that she's she doesn't you know she wasn't forced into it obviously and it was her no. choice and she makes it known and i love that about her and no one's listening to her. Isn't that funny that they're putting yeah. down the man, but they're not listening to the woman? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Double standard, but, right? That like I was talking about with yeah. with him before. Nobody, everybody likes to preach on one end, but not uh, pay attention to the other. Oh, and another thing, since we're on this topic, really quick, and this is all relevant. Um, <laughs> of course, my my. What's sad though is that Colin still feels the need to defend that because I I did that interview with him for my magazine, my new magazine that just came out. Yeah, and I know, and um. And I didn't mention that at all, specifically. I avoided any heel talk because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about it anymore. It's so done. Like, it's so stupid. I'm not even going to bring it up. And he actually brought it up, defending it. And I'm like, I was not even close to asking about that. Like, I forget exactly what the question was. But he actually brought it up himself 
and the means to defend it. So he's like, he's constantly on the defense mode on this now. It's like in his subconscious to just defend it anytime he talks about the character. And I was like, oh, you didn't really have to mention that. But um, that, that that's kind of sad now because that's always just his thing to defend it. I'm trying to figure out exactly what, where he said it. And oh, I asked, um, it was in the last question. It was, what do you love most about Claire? Do you have a favorite scene or moment? And at the very end of his answer, he said how um, he actually mentioned the heels and, and stuff. And, and he says, basically, that was Bryce's choice and all this. And I'm like, but I didn't ask about that. Like, I asked you <laughs> your favorite moment. Like, why are you defending something I didn't even ask about? It's just yeah, sad. I remember he, reading he, that he and thinks... I thought I thought something similar to that. I was like, huh, that was interesting why he took that turn. Yeah, that makes me think that he's just always on the defense about it and he just expects people wanting to hear it or he has a need to, I'm getting all psychology here, that he has a need to just constantly like defend that and put it out there every chance he gets that it was Bryce, it wasn't him. Come on, Colin, um, you got to know who you're talking to when you when you uh, give this interview, you know? I know, do your, do your I know. Homework, Colin, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, because what is he he's doing? He's talking about, he's talking about Claire and then he says, um, he just out of nowhere mentions the footwear and then it was Bryce's choice. Out of nowhere. Huh. Uh, yeah. Weird. The, the, that the, makes me feel bad for him. Cause I know. Because he's oh, just. That and everything else we just talked about yeah, too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just, I just love him. I just want to give him hugs. <laughs> I, I just want to, I made a point to tell him that I was very proud of him and I appreciate everything he does. I, at the premiere, I'm like, just ignore everything because the fans really appreciate you. Like, I just felt like I really had to tell him that we really appreciate him and there's no hate coming yeah, from us. Yeah, and um, I know I read it last week in uh, the new segment, The Jurassic Wire. Go listen to that. It was fun. Um <laughs> We talked, about, we talked about uh, fan toxicity and stuff like that, and um, I believe that was one of the things that we said. I don't know if I have – Oh, I don't have the notes here. It was in a different file. But basically, there was a quote from him saying um, that he understands that the majority of the fans are good ones and, you know, he doesn't really see a lot of that stuff. And uh, he, he gets it. I think he, he understands, uh, you know, the true voice of the fandom, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, he is human. I'm sure that a lot of the stuff hurts him as well. Yeah. I don't think you can help that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's wow, just... Wow, what was the question? I have no idea. Did we, did we answer it? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think it was, what was your ankylosaurus name? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Louie. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Okay. Where did we go So unfortunately, we have a lot left, but I'm just going to cut it off at this last one. Um, so as I mentioned earlier... You know, we, we got way, not way too many, but we got a ton that we just can't get to everybody. And, and everybody, uh, the ones that we have left are actually slightly longer ones. So I don't want to have to keep you guys around here for another th- two hours or so. Um, but I will um, play this one last MP3 that I actually got right after we recorded the May mailbag. And then I did not record it for the June uh, mailbag because we were. So, or no, I'm sorry. I must have got it right after the June one. And then, yeah, because I didn't include it in July because we were talking all about Fallen Kingdom and it didn't really fit into that. But I will play it um, here. Where where did I put that? 
Uh, here. And it's coming. Hi guys, this is Jurassic CC on Instagram. Uh, I collect all different uh, Blu-rays, DVDs, uh, yeah, VHSs, and yeah, all things Jurassic. Uh, I mailed you a few months ago and complained about the new steelbooks and the new Blu-ray covers that are about to come out. You know, the ones with the pointy head on the <laughs> steelbook and uh, yeah, plain-looking black steelbooks. Uh, yeah. Shortly after that, they revealed the JP 25th Anniversary Steelbook Collection, the 4K Collection box set, and the Slipbox, uh, the, the one that you just showed on Instagram. Uh, finally, we get some great editions to collect. I mean, the Slipbox you received and reviewed on Insta looks so, so great with that shimmering finish. Hopefully, mm. we'll get some great collector's editions for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So, what do you guys think? Gotta say, I love these mailbox episodes. <laughs> They're great. Thank you. Bye. All right. So, it's funny because I'm looking at uh, Jurassic.cc. That's his uh, Instagram page. So, make sure to go follow him. But um, the last one he posted, which was like today, I think, or one day ago, was that uh, exact DVD that he mentioned there that I was showing off a while back was a 4K Jurassic Park uh, DVD box set with, like, uh, the T-Rex roaring inside the visitor center. And it has, like, the nice, like, uh, sepia, like, shimmery, sparkly version. It's it's so awesome. Such a great DVD case. And, it, yeah, it has the 4K versions of the first four films. And... Uh, you know, me and Aaron, uh, last week in the Jurassic Wire, the new segment from the Jurassic Park podcast, uh, recorded a whole bunch of stuff about, uh, DVDs and, and the upcoming options for Fallen Kingdom and just how absurd it all is that there's <clears throat> so many versions. Um, Jen, did you actually pick up any of the, uh, 4K or, or any of the recent, uh, Jurassic DVDs? No, I am looking at this inst- his Instagram right now and looking at exactly what you're explaining. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't have any of these. I don't really have any special editions. I don't really have the trilogy set. I don't have, <laughs> have you seen any of movies? this stuff. <laughs> I've noticed. I had the lunchbox from Jurassic World. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never got that one. I wanted that, but uh, all I got. never got around to that one. And, and that, like I said with Aaron uh, the other day, is like I got two different versions for Jurassic World and – I have this Jurassic Park, which also has Jurassic World. Um, so I have three versions now. Yeah. And the 4K, I, I think I'll, I'll stop there. Even though when Fallen Kingdom comes out, there's going to be another five box. Oh, that was wrong. That was wrong. I didn't say that right. Uh, five <laughs> box disc set. Um, <laughs> See, the I other just... one is not a box set that you want. Um, but uh, yeah. So I... I um, I don't know. I, I'll have to pass on that option. Or and there's so many DVD options. I know we, me, actually, me and you actually did a nice breakdown, like mm-hmm. uh, three years ago or whatever it was, yeah. of all the Jurassic options. And uh, I feel like there's just always more and more options. And it just it's so confusing these days as to what you should be picking up and where you should go for special editions and and uh you know all the bonus features and whatnot it's just all confusing see i think you just have to go with what you want like pick a lane and stay in your lane because my lane would be 
the bonus features. Like, I care if there are different bonus features. If it's just the same material and the cover art's different, that's not my thing. But some people want the cover art. That's their thing. So just, like, stay in your lane because the um, – the, the lunchbox was really cool and different. So I went with that. And I'm sure some people wanted the posters more than the lunchbox. So, I mean, not mm. everyone's going to want everything. So just focus on what you want and kind of make a mental list of what kind of thing you're interested in. And then just look where that is. Because I guess in this new round here, in the Fallen Kingdom round, um, it would be the Target the Target stuff. The Target um, Blu-ray 4K dvd pack because that would have the most bonus features in it i think it was yeah. like an extra 30 minutes just on target and they did that last time as well i have yeah i do oh, i have that i have the target um steel round thing because of the bonus features but so that would be my lane would be the bonus features so i'm gonna go and get that target thing however you might because there's a steel book for fallen kingdom as well at best buy and so you might be oh i want that that steel book cover so you would ignore the bonus features and go there so just Think about what you want and what what you like the best and find where that is, I guess. So you don't get overwhelmed with everything. I know it is. It's overwhelming. And I feel like all the options probably aren't even released at this point because, um, you know, one of my favorite options last time around was from Barnes and Noble. And Mm -hmm. and um, uh, what was that? I think. Those are the posters. Yeah, no, that was a poster. But I think it was even just you could just buy a DVD copy. Which mm-hmm. I think we gave away, um, so I, maybe I don't have that copy, but um, I have the the posters. And it, crazily enough, that poster ended up in Fallen Kingdom, one of the posters. Um, yeah. So who knows? Like I, I I'm gonna keep my eye out, see what's coming from them because I have no idea. Um, so because like you just don't know I what didn't... exclusives are coming, you know. I didn't get the posters. I went I went with the steel bo- the steel thing and the lunchbox, but. Um, there was like what? There's Barnes Noble, there's Walmart, there's Best Buy, and there's Target are usually the four that have something special. Um, so yeah, we don't know. We don't really know what Walmart doesn't really have an exclusive announced yet. No, don't I, they, I think it's just, are they the ones with the keychain? Oh, it's like Funko Pop keychains or something. Oh, they like should that. do better than that. I know, <laughs> and they're yeah, they're tiny, and it's like yeah, I don't know. You don't really need this because they did the <laughs> they did the lunch boxes last time. That's a, that was my uh, favorite one was those lunch boxes. So that was a Walmart exclusive. Um, and then yeah, so Target Best Buy didn't have an exclusive last time, did they? Best Buy, I think they just did like the tins or whatever they were, the steel books okay. or something. I don't know. Target. Did the tins, but with the extra 30-minute bonus material as well, which is, I think, what they're doing this round. They're doing the same kind of thing, same um, cover and all of that, but with the extra disc. So I'm going to go for that. And then, um, I don't know, Walmart's going to have to do better than keychains if they want to sell me something. I'm looking at um, Barnes & Noble. I don't really see any, um, like, perks, I guess, for buying. Yeah. Um, but that'll probably come out. Yeah, hopefully something because I think it was like a last second choice for me, and I was like, oh man, I guess I should go there and try to get these things because I, I want to try to get any kind of exclusive artwork or something like that. You know that that was one of the better ones, I think. Um, yeah, even though last time they, you know, them. there was a lot. There was I, I got that one with the statues, like so. Yeah, that was that was fantastic, yeah, yeah. and and I don't think we we haven't seen anything on that scale. So maybe an uh, Indoraptor statue or something. Who knows? Well, after this third one here, they're going to have a six-set 
box. That's going to be huge. <laughs> I know. And and will I – like by that time in another three years, um, wow. who knows what format we're going to be. We're going to be like 8K or something and it's going to be like 4K looks like garbage now. So it's like I just I got know. a 4K player. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, even I still have don't that. Have. I don't even have a Blu-ray. I, no, I, I, I don't have one now. But by the time three years rolls around, I'll be like, I just got this thing. And now <laughs> you're going like to phase it out. Blu-ray at that point. <laughs> like I don't even have a smart TV. Do I don't even have a, have a VHS TV? anymore. No, wait. No, oh, I, I, I don't do. have. A, I don't have a smart TV either. No. Um. Well, we have like. A, a TV that I think is supposed to be a smart TV. We're just not smart enough to know how to use it. So it operates as like a regular TV. It said that TV. on the box. Must be smart to use. Yeah. I get, yeah. It, <laughs> uh, but um, I have VHSs. I have a record player. Well, well. I have one of those. I got one of those. Yeah, we're going backwards in time. But yeah, we, we need to move into the current age. So eh, I don't know. I'm not into collecting all the, I know some people like to have like every option. It's just too expensive, you know. It gets very yeah, expensive. That's why I say find your lane. Like if you don't, it'll help you from getting overwhelmed if you just really figure out what you want. Some people want one of everything, so okay, that's their lane. Just think of one. Just make a list of one of everything. Some people are overwhelmed with the giant list, and they're like, I don't want one of everything. I just am focused on this. Well, then just make your list of just those things because it can be overwhelming. But if you just think of what what you really are looking for. And then um, find it in that sense. It would be a lot yeah. less overwhelming. Yeah. And make sure to go check out uh, Jurassic.cc on Instagram. There's some good stuff on there. Uh, I post a lot of content all the time. So I like it. I, I follow it all the time. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to follow this now because they, they do a really good job here. Yeah. Like really, really cool. great pictures of all kinds of uh, merchandise and, and different stuff like Nice, uh, nice pictures all, all around. But um, oh, that the egg popcorn bucket. Oh, there's like sirens. I don't know. The, there's like that you. egg popcorn bucket, which is really cool that I want. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So this episode has been a mishmash of all kinds of things. Off the rails for, for a lot of it, I think, probably one of the more uh, recent like off the rails episodes. Usually we're, we're, we've been pretty good recently, but uh, this one was uh, all over the place. So this will be your highest rated episode because that's what the public wants. They want off the rails. And apparently, they want me eating different foods. <laughs> apparently, people listened to our last episode, which was three hours long. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys. Bravo for making it through. And apparently, you're here. I don't know. Um, no, we can't even finish get, the mailbag this week. What if you get hate mail saying, "Hey, I wanted an extra hour, and you cheated me. You had more material, and you didn't give it to me." Like, what if you get hate mail? Uh, then we'll yep. have to have two mailbags a month. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, hey, I like my three-hour-long mailbags. Don't gonna, be cutting it. I'm going to run out of storage space pretty soon. I'm not going to be able to post all these episodes. <laughs> You're going to have to like, get another host and like mailbag. <laughs> or just, just for the mailbag. Just for the mailbag. It's its own podcast every week, six times a week. Just We just take Sundays <laughs> off. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's just to like sleep. Yep, yep. It's our day of rest. That so, Jen... Thank you very yeah. much for, for sitting with me through this stuff. Um, I know you've got a lot going on recently, so uh, tell everybody what they can find uh, over on the BDH yeah. network. We got a lot going on over here, which is so exciting. Um, you can first off enter your contest to win a signed Evolution of Claire book. I have five to give away, and Bryce personally signed them, and 
Tess personally signed them, so that that's really awesome. Both of those hands have sets of hands have touched these books. <laughs> Plus, um, so you, you can you, get you too. You should sign yeah, it. Well. You gonna sign it for him? <laughs> no, no one wants me. So, but those two have touched and signed both of those books, and they came from personally from Bryce. So they're personally from her, and um. I have five of those to give away, so I'm doing a, a thing of go on. You have three chances. You can go on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Facebook, just share the post. Twitter, retweet it. And Instagram, hit enter under the comment. Just find the post and do all that. And directions are all up on there. Um, I have signed Funkos as well that are going to go, but not yet after this contest. That ends on August 27th, by the way. Then the signed Funkos will come on in September. Um also, I just launched, I, I interviewed Colin, and I launched um, a magazine, a digital magazine that's going to release quarterly, which is going to be Bryce-focused, her fans-focused, if you want to write an article, whatever, I'm still figuring it out. Hopefully, Bryce will be doing stuff for it as well, for exclusives. Um, so, I did a Colin interview, that's up there now as well. So, we have the magazine, we have the giveaways, and our website is BryceDHoward.com, Twitter, BDH Network. I don't remember what else is going on. I'm doing caps. The caps hopefully will be released tomorrow. I'm almost done with them. Um, so much stuff going on over here. I've been so busy. Seriously, it's cool, cool that's, stuff. Good that's stuff. a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> it is a lot of stuff. How do, how am I doing all this? But it's it's really it's good. It's working out. Well, that's good. I that's think. good to hear. Is my house on fire? <laughs> like what? what I don't are know. All you should check. <laughs> it's a good time to cut off the podcast, huh? <laughs> I mean, they're going past me, so they're not stopping. That's always good. Well, that's good. Well, why don't we say goodbye to the mailbag for the month of August? Um, thank you, everybody. You guys are, are awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry to those we didn't get to this month. We'll either do something else sometime soon, or I'll I'll do a bonus episode. I don't know something. We'll we'll get to you. Don't worry. Yeah, maybe even tack them on next month and see how much we get. I don't know. Oh, man. We'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll have to carve out an entire day to record. <laughs> That's fine. I, ha- I have no life anyway outside <laughs> of this this kind of thing. <laughs> That's it. Just the mailbag is it. <laughs> it really, that and BDH Network, I have nothing else <laughs> like going on ever. I don't, have t- I don't watch TV. This is why I don't watch TV. <laughs> Get it? Well, you, you need to be smarter to watch smart TV. So, well, there you go. Next read, read more. I don't know. What do you need to do to be smart? I nobody told me. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later. Bye. <laughs>
I am super jealous that you got to meet Sam Neill. That is absolutely incredible. I know you debated it for quite a while, but I'm sure you're glad you got to meet him in the end. Also, a big thanks to Jen for joining me for the August Jurassic Mailbag. This is crazy. It's it's already August, and I know we had an absolute blast recording together. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. Don't forget to start calling in for the next Jurassic Mailbag. Make sure to leave them three minutes long. That's it, guys. Leave leave one voicemail three minutes long. Call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763. Send us a voice memo to our email, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, and message us over on our contact form at JurassicParkPodcast.com. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at JurassicParkPod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JurassicParkPodcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com to find everything you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you could submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.